Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Rockman Power Hour. My name is Jason Rockman, and this is a podcast where we talk to the most interesting people in the world of pop culture. And this week on the show, we've got the lead singer of a band that is absolutely popping right now called Dirty Honey. His name is Mark LaBelle, and he's going to join us right here on the Rockman Power Hour. But before we get too far ahead, I want to welcome my co-host, Ryan Stick, to the show. What's going on, my friend? How are you? I'm doing good, man. How the heck are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. Um, I'm 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 in the best mood today, man, because I'm just I'm excited about this week's episode. I mean, Mark LaBelle uh, is one of those guys that is just a incredible rock and roll singer. He's a rare breed right now, although we've had quite a few on this show. This is going to be a good one. But uh, before we go too far, I want to thank our title sponsor, who we always love having on board with us, Heartbeat Hot Sauce. Check it out. This one is really interesting. This is Poiré's Louisiana style KO edition. And this is the sauce that they do in conjunction with Dustin Poirier. And of course, Dustin Poirier, one of the, uh, the most popular fighters in the UFC right now, he just actually uh, booked a fight with uh, Chandler, and this is going to be happening in New York City in the month of November. Dude, this so, is the one I'm holding. Oh no! Well, no, that's the other one. Yeah, that's the, the so oh, okay, this is, okay. So no, that but we those are, are the almost hot sauce twins. Right. Well, that's it. So this is the KO edition, and that is the one that's a. I believe that's a little milder. What's the What's the meter on the back of yours? I don't know. My eyes are terrible, and they're <laughs> and the lighting is worse in here. I'll tell you in a second, Jason. Uh, <laughs> it is much. I'm going to tell you that the it's hot much? sauce. All right. Well, this comes meter on, is much. This is hot on the meter. So um, this is a really hot one. And uh, anyways, if you like hot sauce, heartbeat hot sauce are one of the best to do it. And uh, if you go below my promo code right here, Rockman 20, that'll get you 20% off your entire order of heartbeat hot sauce. Also a big thanks to studio house designs. Uh, they are our clothing sponsor. Look at us, Ryan. We have a podcast and we have a clothing sponsor. We got hot sauce. We're, we're, the, we're, ball, we're, we're what they refer to in the hip hop world as ballers. And um, I, uh, I, love heart, I, I love Heartbeat Hot Sauce. I love Studio House Designs. They're great. So go check <laughs> them out at studiohousedesigns.com. You're rocking the uh, Fire in the Sky shirt, which is a really, really cool movie. And yeah. uh, this this is the ring. So there you go. So thank you, Studio House. So Ryan, I uh, I have not shaved. Uh, I had a crazy week and weekend. Um, we're we're preparing for uh, a lot of stuff that we do, like comic cons and stuff. So fall gets really really busy for us. But we've got a lot of really rad stuff coming for the po for the podcast. Um, but I do want to talk really briefly about a music festival that I went to this past weekend called FME. Um, it's the Festival mm. Musique Emergence, an emerging music festival that takes place in Rouyn-Noranda, which is uh, about eight hours north of Montreal in northern Quebec. It's an absolutely incredible festival. And I'm going to book a bunch of the acts that I saw at the festival, and we're going to do an entire episode on uh, FME because this festival needs to have some attention brought to it because it is one of the coolest festivals you'll ever go to when it comes to a music festival. And the fact that it's a location festival, the fact that it takes over the entire town for a weekend, it's just a great, great place. Um, and it's a great festival. So we're definitely going to talk uh, to some of those artists that I got to see over the weekend. But right now we're going to talk to Mark LaBelle from the band Dirty Honey. Did you get a chance to listen to some Dirty Honey? Oh, yes, I did, Jason. Uh, hell of a band, hell of a singer. Yeah. And uh, hell of an interview, I should say. I think people are going to really like this one because although he's successful and although his band is, uh, you know, he's getting up there, he's also yeah. a fan like us. Yeah. And he's almost like getting to live this life that I always wanted to live when I was squeezing myself into leather pants when I was in my <laughs> 20s. And 
<laughs> putting on eyeliner. Yeah. Well, I, I never, uh, I, I, I never understood, um, how bands don't give up. Um, it's such a, it's such a hard road. And when you talk to Mark, you can tell that he's got this confidence. He just exudes it. And, um, you know, he's, he's, he's one of these rare guys that, that can sing. Um, he can play guitar like a motherfucker and, uh, and he can write songs. So he's like the trifecta. He's like the, uh, you know, the, um, he's like the, the triple threat. And I think people are going to really enjoy this conversation. So without any further ado, check out our conversation with Mark LaBelle from the band Dirty Honey. Now I see you. Nice. <laughs> How's it going, buddy? Unfortunately. No, no, it's, hey, listen. I mean, <laughs> right? dude, if I look that good, yeah, I wouldn't be doing yeah. this. Um, so what's going on? You doing good? Yeah, home uh, for the rare uh, couple weeks here. And then, uh, dude, getting back to it. You're back in LA? Yeah, back in LA. I got back on uh, Sunday. I'm actually leaving again today to go to the mountains um, in Montana for the weekend. That's nice. Going to catch the Black Crow show, oh, to, uh, do some motorcycling. So yeah, I'm excited. How cool is it that the Black Crows are back together? That those guys squashed that beef and they're they're doing it. I mean, it I remember, was... I, I I remember hearing the announcement on Howard Stern in yep. November of 2019. I remember specifically because my 16 year old, who's 18 now, we were driving to New York City to go see Billy Joel. It was his dream to see Billy Joel. Oh man, me too. I haven't seen him yet. He's amazing, and he does every. I don't know if he's doing it now, but he was doing a show every month at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. So we were going there for his 16th birthday and the car that we rented had Sirius. So we got to listen to Stern, which was great. And nice. it was the morning that the Black Crows came on to announce that they were back together. And I remember I was telling my son, we are going to go to that show. It's going to, and there, they have a, there's a Toronto date. So we'll drive to Toronto and the fucking we pandemic. Were supposed to be on it. Yeah. We were supposed to be on that Toronto one. Um, yeah, I was in New York City that morning too, and I knew that that was happening. Wow! Obviously, because you know we have the same manager, and sure. uh, for a long time, you know, our manager would like be in the van with us, you know, on phone calls with, you know, the Crows, and knowing yeah. this reunion was happening, so we kind of were privy to it pretty early. And uh, I was, ex you know, I was as excited as anybody that 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 was happening. And then to obviously like be going on tour with them was. <laughs> Yeah, even more surreal. But I was just happy, you know. I was going to get to see the Black Crows, and I actually went and saw them play. It was that night they played at the. Um, they did, uh, the yeah, the Bowery Bowery Ballroom. Ballroom. Yep. Um, so I went to that show and got to hang with them for a bit, and it was. Um, were you that was the night Chris were, was like, "Are you you ready to do some shows with us, man?" And I was like, Dude, "Were you what? just was the little was the little kid and you just freaking the fuck out or what?" It was mostly because we went. I had a buddy with me, and we went to. Um, we went to the bar before the show and it was maybe like, I don't know, an hour before showtime. And usually like for me, at least I'm like warming up, yeah, you know, having a shot of tequila, just getting in the zone, whatever. And Chris is still at the hotel bar, like just having a drink in full stage clothes. Yeah. Um, and I just happened upon him and uh and my manager chilling there and they're like come have a drink with us you know we'll walk over and i was like what the fuck man this is crazy <laughs> you know but he yeah. he just was he had the hat on he had like a full like velvet suit and just 
full on rock star vibes. Yeah. And I was like, damn, that is a rock star right there. Yeah. A yeah. real one, you know? They're, yeah. Part of, uh, com- comes by it honestly, um, and influenced by the last generation of real, real rock stars. So for I, sure they were th- that band man in the nineties, late eighties and early nineties, they, and I remember the first wave of that. Cause I was, I was, you know, I'm of that age. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was special, man. They came out of nowhere and nobody sounded like, you know, no one was doing what they were doing at the time. Nobody. Yeah. Yep. They were a real rock and roll band with the like blues thing, man. Yeah. And it, uh, it's something that just never gets old. So yeah, that was a really special night for me personally, no doubt. Cause I flew, I was on tour, uh, while that was happening. And my manager was like, you know, obviously he's like, yeah, if you want to go, obviously like feel free to come. But I had yeah. one day off and I think I flew from, I want to say I flew from Colorado to New York to go back to Sacramento the Oof. next day. And I went specifically for that show and it was, it was worth every worth. I was, was, I was going to say it was probably worth yeah, all the totally, pain, right? Totally. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's set this up because we just started chatting out of nowhere. Um, <laughs> yeah. I so hope you recorded that. Fuck. I, I have, I have everything recorded. Yeah. Okay. Um, good. Hey Mark, thanks so much for taking the time to chat. Um, you know, I, you're on the podcast today, but I also work at Showman Montreal. We've been supporting the band for a long, long time. Um, you know, I was looking at all the singles, the wire, California dreaming, rolling sevens. Another last time we played all of them. So it's crazy. Yeah. And, and, but thank you because the music speaks for itself. There's not a lot of rock bands out there that can put out song after song and get radio play. Um, there's a lot of bands that'll come, you know, they'll do a couple of songs, maybe one won't hit, but you guys, you know, when there's a, a dirty honey song it's added and and that speaks volumes because there's not a, a lot of bands that that can do that anymore so kudos to you guys for writing good <clears throat> songs but how have you guys managed to find yourselves such a good spot to be in the zone when it comes to to writing i mean is there is there something that's going on in terms of of who you're writing with uh, you know internally externally like you guys seem to have i don't want to say a formula because it sounds like such a, a horrendous word but you do you guys have kind of found that sweet spot yeah and i think it's just what's authentic to us and and what comes naturally i think for a long time we fought that urge to be the like rock and roll blues influenced um band of today because yeah. i think initially when you do that and it it doesn't come easy to us i can't say it comes easy but um it's what we like yeah so you know i think there's a little bit of a trap um that you can fall into where you ask yourself why do i like this is it too derivative is it too reminiscent of one thing and you know after after a lot of the stuff came out and and people were comparing it to so many artists, we were kind of like, okay, maybe we've got our own thing happening here. And the realization we came to is that, you know, the four of us making anything doesn't sound like any one particular artist. And that's really true of all the bands that we love. You know, they're maybe derivative of like an older black blues artist Mm -hmm. um, or a band that preceded them. But, because it's them, it's always just going to be them. And sure, of course, every band that you love that really has their own identity has four or five musicians that are so essential to the sound of the group that it can't be um, recreated. So that's that's the Black Crows, that's the Stones, that's yeah. ACDC, um, Rage, Soundgarden. Like they all have their own identity within this two guitar, drums, bass, or yeah. 
you know, four piece band. Um, you know, and that's just, it's, it's like pizza, you know, they're all the same thing, but they're yeah, all, but they're all different. different. Exactly. That's actually a really good analogy. Pizza. I'm going to use that. So one. <laughs> <laughs> thanks. Yeah. But that's really where it comes from. You know, it's, it's that simple, honestly. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, there's, there's one thing to have great songs and there's one thing to have radio success, but the other part of it is being able to follow up live. And that's, that's the other component that you guys have. You guys do follow up live. Um, thanks. What, did, what what went into honing those skills? I mean, was it all of you having experience outside? And then when you finally all met, it was because a lot of times you'll get bands that meet up at a point in their lives where they've had other experience with other bands, you know, like I've been in this project, I've been in this project, but then you, you meet and it's the, it's just the right fit. And everybody's kind of done their 10,000 hours individually. Yeah. Was it that kind of thing where you met and you had already kind of honed your, honed your chops? I th think it was that. And putting in the time together as well before right. anybody really saw us um yeah. we played a lot of bars and clubs um around la for a long time before anybody really noticed um and it was always funny we would play like when i'm gone or a song an older song that comes to mind is a song called where the wind blows um and they'd be kind of wedged between like a zeppelin and an aerosmith song at like a covers gig and people would be like oh i'd love to hear some of your originals and we would be like we just that, played them that was an original which, which, is, know, a so which is a compliment it kind right? of is yeah, yeah, yeah but um you know that was that was a big part of it you know playing all these bars and stuff and really figuring out how to ride a wave with an audience um really helped when you get onto a stage with slash or guns and roses or yeah. the who whatever that um that definitely helps you to be ready for that moment um but there's definitely a maturation process you go through. And I went through it with that Black Crows tour, man. Like it was a total adjustment getting used to the size of an amphitheater stage versus a theater sure. with Slash or, or another, you know, any other artist. Um, yeah. So it just, once you, once you do it for a couple of years and you have those experiences, you can just everywhere starts to feel a little bit like home. Up there. Yeah. Um, where are you originally from? Albany, New York. So not Albany. too far from you guys. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know Albany well. Uh, it's funny when you move to Los Angeles, um, being someone who's done it, you know, I moved to LA in 99, mm -hmm. um, you know, to do music and it's crazy when you get there because you start playing these clubs, you know, you, you play like at the time that coconut teaser was still, was still open when we were there. So we yeah. coconut teaser, we played the whiskey, played the Roxy, played the Viper, played the Troubadour numerous times, which ended up becoming our favorite spot. But when you first walk into those rooms, when you first move there, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, and there's this initiation process that happens to bands. And I don't, I want to know if you went through this, like, you know, the first time you go into the whiskey and then, you know, and then you walk down the street and you go to the rainbow. And at the time there would be, be real from Cypress Hill that would be sitting outside on the porch, smoking pot. And then Ron Jeremy would be there. And, and, yeah, and Ron and, Jeremy was still there up right, until a there, couple that, years ago. That's what I was going to say. And then, <laughs> and then if you were lucky enough, you would see Lemmy playing the Miss Pac-Man, you know, the sit down one. Yeah. So there's all these crazy things that an outsider's point of view is like, that must've just blown you away. But when you're there ground zero walking, it all just seems very natural. Um, but when you, when you arrive, what I've noticed is that when bands arrive there that are ready and that have a, a, a concrete plan, they get snatched up really, really quick. Mm -hmm. Was that kind of the pro was that kind of the plan? Like, is that kind of what happened to you guys once you got things together? Was it something that happened quick or was it a, was it a bit of a process? It actually, yeah, it did kind of happen pretty quick. We, it kind of, 
it was a situation where John and Justin and I, we, we never really could find a good drummer that was up to our standard of musicianship that wanted to be in an original band and take that leap of faith with four guys. Right. Um, with your life, you know, there's, it's so easy to just, if you're a really talented musician here, like you can find work and make a living pretty easily with yeah. whatever artist being a sideman. And to Corey's credit, you know, we did this shitty gig in uh, Silver Lake outside of our buddy's weed shop. And um, we were literally just playing on a sidewalk and like, yeah. I don't know, 75 people just stopped what they were doing and watched us for little bit play some original songs and he just got up from the drum set and he was like i want to be in this band and we were like okay this is like obviously the next step um and i got some money together from from working and i i put together some like live videos from capitol records sent it to a couple people and that really got like the business interested in yeah the band um and once that once that heat started coming from the business side of things that's when like you know bigger people started sniffing around and you know my manager was was a, a hockey buddy um oh nice for a long time who i've been trying i always knew he worked with the black crows and acdc and aerosmith and guns and roses back in their heydays and but but he played in your pickup hockey league yep and uh i always <laughs> skates knew, or what, like, were you were you playing full skates or were you playing yeah um, yeah, oh, yeah 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 um but yeah, he was, he was somebody I always looked to as sort of a mentor and, but, but somebody I always knew, like, this is the guy that's going to understand yeah. what we're doing very well. He loves and has worked with all of my favorite bands. And when the time came, it was just like the stars finally aligned and yeah. he heard when I'm gone. And he was like, that's a, that's a big song if we do this properly. So, um, I'm so in. I, there were no board checks after that. Like you didn't <laughs> no, like, no. Yeah, from his, <laughs> from his buddy. Yeah, for sure. Um, and his daughter, his daughter plays with us too. She's really a really good skater. Um, but, uh, that's yeah, a, no, that, we all still play. It's pretty well, fun. That, that's the thing that a lot of people don't realize in California. Um, my, when I lived there, my guitar player was a big, and he still loves hockey, mm -hmm. um, and being Canadians, you know, there yeah. was a, Big group there's of Canadians. So many of them here. There's a big group of Canadians that would play hockey and they were that would play in these beer leagues. And I remember uh, my guitar player Kevin telling me one day that he was playing and Keanu was playing against him. Mm -hmm. And he went and did a face off and looked at him and I said, You don't tell me what you you did. He goes, Yeah, he goes, I had to. As soon as the puck dropped, I went, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, you are a fucking idiot. But the thing is, it was crazy. I loved it. He he probably did. And and um, but what was nuts was that these guys all were just there to have fun. And that's the thing, and that's the magic thing that people don't understand. When you're in California, there's this magic that happens there that will only happen if you, you know, if you man up and you go there. And yeah. you, and you, you know, you put your money where your mouth is and yep. you, you do that trip. And that's why I've always had a lot of respect. You know, when I heard the story of how this band got together and, and I saw that there was a, you know, there, there were people that joined in California. I, I got it because it's, it's a magical place where things really do happen, but you've got to be there to make them happen. So yeah, it's, it's so funny. I had a deep appreciation for it. I was out to dinner in, in Italy. Um, and I was just, I was alone and I was talking to my, my, uh, waiter at the time and. He was like, where are you from? You know? And I said, I'm, you know, I'm from New York. I live in California. And he was just like, oh man, that's my dream. And he yeah. like went off on this tangent. He was like, the American dream is still a very real thing for yeah. us Europeans. And 
And I was like, you know, without him knowing anything about me or who I was or what I do, I, I just kind of said like, yeah, man, it really is. Like it, if, yeah. if you take that leap of faith, like it, it definitely can be. So, you know, chase your dreams, man. hundred percent. And I, and I'm, I'm always in awe of people being someone who did that and, and went and did it and, and achieved what I wanted to achieve. It's fun to see people do that. And that, that still, that still are doing this to this day, you know, there's, cause nowadays you get, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm cool where I am here and we can make things happen with the internet, but nothing's the same as being there. No. And, and like the experiences I've had, even like before music was taking off and everything are just, there's so many stories. Oh yeah. I mean, I, too I great. Like, w- w- tell me some of the jobs that you did in LA before, um, before music took off. Cause I know that you, in, in California, there's, I mean, you have the advantage of being Americans. So you were able to work, but when I moved there, yeah. it was it was all about valet parking because I was Canadian. And I didn't have a work visa. <laughs> nice. No, I was uh, I was a location scout um, for the movies and TV shows. So I like worked on Sons of Anarchy. I worked on an Al Pacino film. Um, worked on a show called New Girl, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and like you know, these are a couple weeks here and there at a time. Um, Sons of Anarchy was was a particularly fun one for me because um, I loved the show so much, and then. Man, I was like a weed trimmer during COVID. Um, <laughs> weeded tables, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, everything. I was an intern at a film company. That's really what I moved out here for was to work in TV and film. And then right. my buddy from Albany who who went to school for, for music at USC, he kind of pulled me aside like the second I got here. And he was like, I think you're a little crazy, man. You should be doing music. Okay. I was like, really? Okay. And uh, he was like, just, you know, with your hustle and your ability to grind, I think people would really gravitate towards your voice, honestly. Yeah. And um, there's not a lot of people out here doing what you can do. So yeah. you should give it a swing. And I did. And now he's uh, he was a jazz musician and now he's a doctor at Johns Hopkins. So it's uh, we, we kind of went like that, you know. Yeah. But he's, he's a good dude and really got me started out here as a musician. So. And it's crazy when you think, um, you know, some of the people you guys have shared the stage with, uh, it's, it's who's, who's who of rock and roll. Uh, what's been the biggest compliment that you've gotten? And I know you probably get a lot of people, oh, you got a great voice. And, and you do. You have a really, really good voice. But what's been the compliment that you've gotten from maybe someone who you've looked up to that's just had you probably had to call home and tell someone about it? Like call your parents or, or call your sister or your best friend and go, on that and not that you want to you want to brag about it but it just made you go yeah fuck like what 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 has been the one that comes to mind where you've been like i can't believe someone just paid me that compliment yeah no obviously like doing anything with slash and he's been super good to us even like just playing a gig with him for the first time was was really special but then you know i i like play a sang with him on stage we did um aerosmith and zeppelin for this gibson event you know, and getting that call from, from his manager, like, Hey, like, you know, slash thought it might be cool if you want to do this gig with us. Um, you know, are you up for it? Of course, obviously I'll do anything for the guy. And then, uh, later on, like we recorded a song together for this Leslie West tribute thing. And that's obviously a great vote of confidence, but just this past tour, Gary Clark Jr. We were, he was the direct support, I guess, to guns after Mm us on the stadium tour. And, he just came up to me like after the last gig and he was like, I don't know how you do that, man. Like I, it's crazy. He's like, I just watched the whole show like from up here and he's like, you guys are a tough act to follow. And he's like, in particular though, like your voice, like, I don't know how you do that. It's not possible for me to yeah. 
do what you're doing. It's crazy. And that's so. a huge compliment coming from him because he's pretty He's fun. amazing. Uh, he's amazing. So He's an amazing singer and player. And uh, yeah. I, I always liked him. I always really loved, I especially loved that first record that he put out and I was obsessed with it. Um, mm. You know, and I got to tell him that obviously, but uh, he was great on the road with us and we got to hang a bunch. But um, yeah, compliment coming from a musician of that. So he's like a real musician. Yeah, I know. I know what you mean. There's those guys that are, I know what you mean because there's those guys that are in bands, but then those guys like him that are just like they're they're not they're in a, they're in their own space. Mm -hmm. you know? He really is, and I can see it on stage. Like he's in his own groove and his own yeah. like yeah world up there, um, and just killing it singing. I was like, man, you're you're a fantastic singer, like yeah. really soulful R and B almost guy, and uh, I really appreciated watching him every night too. So the other guy that's kind of superhuman when he sings is Miles Kennedy. I mean, oh my God. Yeah. Totally. Like it's just nuts. And, and another guy that's very humble. I mean, you'll talk to him about his voice and yeah, whatever, but the guy can, can just. <laughs> another amazing guitar player, by the way, like I walk by his dressing room opening with slash and he's that, that too. Right. You know, it's like, it's like, it's like Justin from the darkness too. Like, you know, yeah. another guy that can just sing and Oh, oh by the way, I can also shred, you know? So there's these Shreds. guys that are just superhuman. Um, in terms of, you know, you guys have accomplished a lot. You've, you've gotten to play with a lot of people. Is there anything that you haven't done yet that you're, that you're saying like, and it's, I mean, it's pretty tough, man. You've covered a lot of bases already. And like, I would imagine the only yeah. thing that, I mean, if a Zeppelin got back together, that would be something you'd obviously want to try to do, but, but what would be the band that you haven't played with yet? And maybe it would be, it would surprise people, but what would, who would be the act that you'd want to play with that you haven't? That we can maybe um, there's three of them that are definitely on my short list. And uh, right. I told my my European uh, agent this uh a few weeks ago because yeah. <clears throat> he asked. But um the first big one for me obviously would be Aerosmith. Um yeah. the second really big one, this is like one A and one B would be ACDC. Yeah. And obviously the Stones would be a, a dream come true. So there's like the three big check marks left for me in terms of opening. And they're pretty, I can tell you the stones is not out of your reach because the stones they no they, not at all i mean we they, they, so like, I was they, in, they like to they like to, they they fuck with new bands all the time i mean well they can because they're so successful right. that they and they i think they, they want they, and but. i think they like having bringing the, the next generation of rockers out because i know um i think it was i can't remember there was a, a band that just recently went on to tour with them like aaron believe. jones just did it yeah um, aaron jones did it um the um I don't know how the name's escaping me, but um they're a band out of Ki uh, Kingston, uh Kingston Ontario. Oh, Glorious Sons. Yeah, Glorious yeah. Sons just did it. Yeah, great guys. Like, oh, Love those guys. Great guys. And I was like, man, you open for the fucking stones. Yeah, man, that's crazy. So it's gonna happen to you. That I'm gonna tell you that right oh, now. Oh, we'll see. Well, they gotta they gotta last, you know. Same, yeah, same with uh <laughs> they're, they're, they gotta they're gonna outlast. They're, they're all super they're all gonna human, outlast man. all of I us. know. Yeah, the Glorious Sons, though. That's a great band, man. We got to yeah. hang with them in um we played before we went to Europe, we played Shaky Knees and yep. another festival with them. And uh I just fell in love with these guys, man. Yeah. And we got to go out and have some beers and uh just fucking good dudes. Fun I love those guys. Yeah. Canadian. Great stories, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're yeah. great, great cats. So uh, what's next for you guys? What's what's on the horizon? Because I know you when we got on here, you mentioned that you were, you know, you're here, you're home for a little bit, but then you're going back out. But what where yeah, so what's the next six months look like for Dirty Honey? Next six months. Well, I think the fur the next two are gonna be a tour. Um, we're going up to Canada, obviously, for the first time. Yep. Um we're touring uh, obviously it's like all of North America again. So 
that's going to be big with Dorothy. And uh, I don't think Dorothy's on the Canadian dates, but um, another band out of Detroit is with us called Max Saturn. And they're like, um, they're like a rock meets Motown sort of vibe. Yeah. Um, I like to say if, if all their music centered around one song, it would kind of be centered around miss you by the stones. Um, okay. It's very like fun, like rock, but it's not like heavy. It's more of that like fun, um, up-tempo sort of stuff. So they're really cool. Um, great band. But then, yeah, I think we need to, obviously we've got a ton of, um, material we've been working on and I think we're going to do another writing retreat. We went out to Joshua tree before the Wolfgang tour and, um, did a whole like mobile recording studio setup and recorded a bunch of new ideas and we got to get into the studio and, and, uh, work on a new record and, you know, bring some more rock and roll to the people. So that's going to definitely take a couple months. I think we want to take a step back this time and really use the studio as like a songwriting tool and, you know, really get it dialed in because the last two that we did were, they weren't rushed, but time was definitely, uh, bearing down on us. And I think we'd like to take a step back and a bit of time to actually like, yeah, process. Yeah. Like listen to it. Like, okay. Like could, could we EQ something a little better is, you know, does this have the right feel or, you know, and, and I, I really enjoy the process of being able to write something and then play it live for a little bit first yeah, before you record sure. it, because it really can find a new life in that space. Um, yeah. And you get to see if the audience actually even likes it um, in a genuine, like very fresh way. Um, and that's what we did with the wire. Take my hand. Um, you know, a couple other tunes when I'm gone was that way. Rolling sevens was that way. We got to play those first before ever recording, recording them. And, which is a great, you know, I mean, if you can do that, it's, it's, it's great. It's a blessing. Cause John, especially everybody can find little nuances that, you know, really speak to them and, and work, um, both in a live set setting, and then you can put it on the record that way. And it gives it a little more life. So, so my prediction, you're not going to get any of that time. You're going to be rushed because the stones are going to call you out for six months and you just have to put your backs up against the wall and you're going to Fortunately, write the, I don't think they've the anybody out for six months, but, uh, no, but you, know, you, you never I, know. But, but I think, I think whatever is going to be thrown in your direction, you guys will handle it and, and you'll come out on top. And that, that just seems to be where this band is at. I mean, you guys seem to have a great stride going and, uh, and I'm excited to see the, the future of it. And I'm really glad you're coming to Canada finally, because it's been, it's Me been a too. while. It's been a while. People have been, been wanting you to come and, um, and I'm, and it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to be able to see this band live. Um, and just, you know, everything I've seen has been footage and I've watched a lot of it and you, there's, there's, a, you know, there's a certain amount you can, you can get from YouTube and a lot you can, you can, but being in a room with somebody yeah, and hearing something is different. a whole, it's different. It's different. <clears throat> we had that one in Toronto with Wolfgang that was a really, really great show. It like far exceeded our expectations because um, the last we went to Toronto with Alter Bridge and Slash, and you know we were definitely very new on the bill, and people weren't familiar with us, and we were kind of like, huh, okay, yeah. like I don't know how well this is going. And then to go back with your own show and a packed, sold out house of I don't know, it's like maybe a thousand or twelve hundred people. Um, it was it was like one of the best shows of the tour. So they like totally took us by surprise and blew us away because we had some expectations that were maybe, um, wrongfully put on them. And, uh, it was, it was a great show. And, uh, 
famous radio DJ was there um, from Toronto who uh, came up to me after the show and he was like, dude, I've seen you guys. He lived in LA for a long time and he was like, okay. I've seen you a lot. And that was your best show that I've ever seen by Amazing. far. So, um, you know, it's totally that thing, man. You, you're as good as what the crowd has given you. So, yeah. um, you know, you feed off it. Well, um, I'm looking forward to seeing you live. Um, I'm really, really happy we got a chance to chat today. Enjoy your your small amount of downtime. window, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and dude, man, just keep kicking ass. It's great to see, and I, and I love the success of someone that you know rolls the dice and and puts their money where their mouth is and goes somewhere to make it because it's that that's that's the stuff that 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 comes across in the music. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's all about taking risks in life, and you're only here once, and you better make the most of it. So. Um, you know, I'm, I'm definitely living that, uh, ideology. So it's going to be a good time. Yeah. <laughs> cool, man. Thanks for taking the time. No worries, man. Good seeing you. Yeah. Really rad dude, man. And, uh, you know, confident, but at the same time, humble and aware that they're, he's, it's kind of like, he's, uh, he's great at what he's doing, but he's very aware that there is still some, uh, there's still a road to go. And I yeah. like that, you yeah. know? I look, for, I look forward to seeing the rest of his career, you know? And I loved his stories about the, uh, the black crows and, uh, you know, about Chris Robinson and stuff. And, and I just think it's really cool that the, the band's done so well for where they're at. And, uh, and I think the road for them is just going to continue up, 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 up. So it's always fun when we have those kind of bands on the show, on the show and we get to talk to interesting people that are, that are, you know, that are out there living their dream and, and, and pursuing their passions. And it's just, it's a beautiful thing. So, uh, we got a lot of great stuff coming this fall, Ryan. We got a lot more guests. Uh, I can't wait to announce. I mean, we could tell we got, listen, we've got, uh, the lead singer, simple minds, Jim Kerr coming up in the next few weeks. Uh, we talked to glass tiger. We talked to Doug Pinnock from Kings X and, uh, and next week on the show though, we have got, uh, some really interesting dudes. I don't want to give that away, but let's just say this guy has been on the same stage as John Bon Jovi. And I'm not mm -hmm. telling you more than that. So you're going to have to wait okay. till next week for that. A uh, big thanks to our sponsor, Heartbeat Hot Sauce. Check them out. If you want to uh, order from Heartbeat Hot Sauce, they are wonderful. Uh, great small batch fermenter hot sauce company out of Thunder Bay, Ontario. I think you'll absolutely love this if you try it. And if you want to use my promo code ROCKMAN20 right down here, it'll get you 20% off your entire order. Uh, a big thanks to uh, Studio House Designs as well for always keeping us looking fresh. Go check them out, studiohousedesigns.com. And uh, thanks to you, Ryan, my co-host. And uh, thanks to our producer, Julia Kajerski, And to all of you. And also thanks to our guest, Mark LaBelle from the band Dirty Honey. We'll see you next week on the Rockman Power Hour. <laughs>